0: welcome everybody to gratitude unfiltered my name is joshua t berglin and this is my awesome wife jessica lynn
1: hello everyone
0: Uh, we are so excited Uh, today is a uh, a new day for gratitude unfiltered this is our very first host since the uh the uh, the vision came to jessica for how we were going to use both gratitude unfiltered and grace unfiltered and i gotta tell you we are kicking it off and I don't know if style is the right word, but I will tell you that when, um, Dr. Tibbs approached us uh, about doing this, he seemed to get the message loud and clear, like what our intent was, why God gave us the vision and he seems to fully have embraced it. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I think you as well, this, it means a lot, Mm -hmm. um, because we feel in our heart, uh, that the Lord wants to use Gratitude Unfiltered to help set other men free, but also um, even the, the women that love the men that <laughs> need to be set free. So we are truly, truly honored today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you haven't had the opportunity to see a whole lot about Dr. Tibbs.
1: No, but I just talked to him for a, a couple of minutes there, and already he was dropping wisdom on me and giving me Holy Spirit goosebumps, and I'm excited.
0: This is um, what we want to do more than anything else with this broadcast is glorify the Lord. And and we feel that Dr. Tibbs is going to do an amazing job with that. So we'll be right back after these messages. Just kidding. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> One more. <laughs> One more try!
0: So used to going to grace. How about some gratitude? Woohoo.
2: It. I should give it, I'm like, yeah, gotcha. that just
0: ain't good You made me but you never break me down. No you never break me I should give it I'm like i just gotcha. ain't good enough
1: good wasn't tough
0: Man I love that video Me too Good job uh, Thank you I got to tell you for those of you who have followed the journey of gratitude unfiltered and me uh, I got to tell you all of these improvements and everything for our set design and and just the overall look and feel of all of our broadcasts, that is Jessica and the gifting that God gave her. She's incredible, uh, so I want to give kudos to you because honestly, these that gave me chills, that's awesome.
1: Me too, and it's not me. I literally, when I do these videos, I just sit down and let the Holy Spirit lead me, and then I come up with, it ends up being something I had no intent on making, so praise God.
0: And that's, and that's a thing too, because I mean, this is a ministry for you. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say about that is that a ministry doesn't mean you have to be behind a pulpit. A ministry can be anything. It could be through your painting, your singing, speaking, books. There's so many ways that it can be expressed or you could play a role in those people that I just mentioned, you play a role in contributing to what they're doing for God. That's God using you. That's still part of the body. So never, ever mistake this, no matter where you're at. If you have a fear to be on camera, you have a fear of doing certain things that are more out in front, just know that your place in the kingdom is is very much, it's every bit as important as the mouthpieces for God. Never, ever doubt that. And even though you get to use your mouth to to glorify God and to to share your story and speak, you also have a gifting in elevating other people through your art. Yeah. And that's cool. God's
1: really blessed me. Yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot yeah, of cool stuff.
0: She gets to do some cool stuff. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for an absolute treat. I am absolutely Yay. honored to, rep- to represent, to introduce to you, Dr. Calvin Tibbs. Hello, doctor. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. I'm enjoying this. You guys could have just kept going. Just hearing what <laughs> you want to So awesome. So awesome to hear
0: well we are honored to have you here and if you don't mind i would like to pray for you and then uh and set you loose absolutely glad Uh, to heavenly father thank you so much for dr tibbs thank you for the word that you are going to speak through him today holy spirit just you're, you're welcome here you're welcome here and your presence is not only requested uh it's it's needed and it's wanted i pray that you open the hearts and the minds of every single person listening uh, and Lord, I just pray that you are glorified above anything else. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for letting us serve you. And thank you uh, just for the, the the blessing that this, this message is going to be. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Dr. Tibbs, we'll see you soon, sir.
2: Amen. So if I were to talk about anything that connects to what we've already heard, one of the thoughts that has to be is that God is still building things. I love the idea about Dr. Miles Monroe that I heard a little bit earlier. And a lot of my training comes from Dr. Miles Monroe. And it's under purpose development training, which in the body of Christ is oftentimes like a leftover thing. We think when we get saved, it's over, but notice we're not in heaven, we're still here. And because we are still here, we have to still develop. And development is technically a letter in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters, and it's called the letter Mem, M-E-M. The letter Mem is so powerful, it has four different representations. It means king, it means Christ, it means the word kingdom, and it also means the word Egypt. So when you look at development, it goes across Multiple spheres. And among those spheres is the king, the anointing must be developed. You talk about the kingdom. The kingdom is a place that doesn't come through observation, but it is meat and drink. It's not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you look at that, we have to develop into what the kingdom is capable of providing and what our role is inside of that kingdom. And then you look at, of course, between king, kingdom, and Christ. Christ is the anointing. Well, he's the anointed one, and anointings, just like a king, has to be developed because the king in us, I'm talking men, but women are queens because both of us carry authority. We're supposed to grow in that authority. We think we're just supposed to grow in the memorization of of biblical stories or with verses, which is wonderful, But I'm telling you, as a king in the earth, we have real authority, and we've got to learn to develop that authority. But the the outlier here is the word Egypt. How in the world is Egypt connected to king, Christ, and kingdom? Well, the world develops people too. And the world loves to develop undeveloped Christians who don't know their anointing, who don't know their authority, and who don't know that they get Everything from a kingdom that they are sent here to represent. And since that's knowledge that the devil wants to shield, then ultimately it is the people who perish, perish because of the lack of knowledge. So when I think about that letter, Mim, and I take a look in the scripture, it's right there in the book of uh, the Psalms 119, right in the middle of the Bible, the largest chapter and you'll find that the letter MIM shows up. And the reason that it shows up where it shows up is because the next verses begin to reveal specific things about growth and development, which is another principal definition of the word or the letter itself, the letter mem. We're supposed to be growing, folks. I mean, Jesus already told us this. Paul told us this. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I think sometimes, There's a blockage to our growth because we don't realize if we're not growing from the kingdom of God through the anointing and under his authority, then the world is absolutely teaching us. And if the world is teaching us, it is creating in us outcomes that it desires that are contrary to the kingdom of God. So when I listen to Josh and Jess's story, it's incredible how people show up in existence to perform. In accordance with where they have been trained, or in accordance with what they have learned to grow through, to grow into. And I don't know about you, but back years ago when I was like 13, they said, He's in a growth spurt. Well, you're the person growing. You don't feel growth when you're growing, you're just hungry, especially if you're a guy. You want to eat all the time. Well, my feet were getting, I guess, like they were being fed everything. And so I had like a coming up on a size 11 shoe. Which meant I was supposed to be, in my head at least, about six two, six three, so I can play basketball and and you know show my skills. Well, guess what? I stopped at five ten, but my feet kept growing. <laughs> that size eleven, but they kept telling me he's going to grow into it. He's going to grow into it. Well, I never really grew into it the way I thought I wanted to grow into it again in terms of stature. So being around five ten, playing basketball back in those days was kind of cool, but I think it's. There's a parallel to how it is in the kingdom of God. I think there are times when the Lord is telling us, He's telling us that we can be all or do all things through the anointing. Paul said that, which strengthens us. But that means the anointing has got to be developed. I think we believe that all things are working together for the good, for those who love the Lord and for those who are called according to His purpose. When we look at that word purpose, It's the word showbread, bread doesn't grow in the wild. Bread has to be harvested as wheat developed into bread. Developments all over that. So wherever you are, you may be at the beginning of a growth spurt that you don't feel, that you don't understand, that doesn't quite connect. But in reality, someone's saying you'll grow into it. You may not grow to the stature of your intended purpose, But as long as you're growing into the stature of God's intended purpose, then the letter mim, growth and development, is once again working out. It's interesting that that verse in Psalms 119 that says that he's a sweet, his word is sweet, like uh, the honeycomb, or like the honey in the comb. Well, honey doesn't grow in the wild, just like bread doesn't grow in the wild, and just like ta Doesn't grow in the wild. There's development and growth to create honey. So it's no wonder it's under the word in the acrostic in Psalms 119 with every single alphabet having eight descriptors, eight verses that are assigned to it. It's, it's no wonder that God, the wonder, put growth and development with honey because it's sweet but it might just sting. I mean, just think about it. To get honey is perilous in the wild. To get it from the grocery store aisle, not so much so. But in the end, when you're really thinking about how things go in the realm of the kingdom, in the realm of the spirit, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are as boring as watching paint dry. That's why I'm loving this ministry. The the graphics are cool. The music is cool. They're cool. Their story is cool. But I'm telling you, if you get deep into it, it's hot. Hot, hot, hot. I don't know what song that is. But the reality of what happens with people is that sometimes we think when you talk God, you think a sacred place that's separate from culture. When in reality, God didn't design us to be away from us. That's why he designed us, to begin with, completely naked. What? Yeah, hot man, hot woman together, pat out. Things were moving and we somehow want to separate those things out when in reality, all of life is connected to the one that made us to grow and develop. And so when you think about true growth, the letter M, and true development, it's sweet and it stings because growth moves us beyond where we were into where we should be. And then because glory to glory is a part of the story, we grow again from where we were. It stings to the next level. But after a while, ask any beekeeper, the stings don't sting as much as they do. The first one does, because the body is surprised by the pain and it sends the nerve endings and the signals, ah, and put the stuff on it. I remember getting stung once. I thank God it was the only time. I don't want to get stung again. But I was messing with the nest. And because I was messing with the nest, they came to deter any further provocation. That's where the world, Egypt, comes in. It wants to provoke you to stop going to that God of the ancient days. And to those fellowships and those places where those Christians are. It wants to sting you, to stop you from growing. The world wants to sting you so that you can not develop in godly things. It wants to develop you with provocations, with questions like, hath God said? Was that prophetic word real? Does God answer prayer? Back to the root, hath God said? The inference is God does not want you to develop. God thinks that if you're like him, he's in trouble, so he left something out. That's what the verse says in chapter three of the book of Genesis. It says, Satan, being crafty and cunning, went to stop. Here you go, the growth and the development of two people who were naked and unafraid. I think in our infancy in God, we're unafraid. We believe that traffic lights are going to change to our favor. (laughs) We think we're going to get the choicest parking spaces and then everything's going to be great. Everybody's going to get saved. And then Satan starts flying in and stinging, shock effect, holding you back and then wondering, I don't know, I just want to hold on to my salvation. And if you get in a few churches that stunt growth, I don't want to get into that, but if you get into churches that stunt growth, it's not your growth and development that is the priority. It's other things. But the kingdom's agenda did not change. You, my friend, we, Are supposed to grow. We are supposed to develop. We are supposed to walk as kings in an anointing, as queens for the for the ladies. We are supposed to walk, understanding that anointings don't just show up because hands were laid on. You have to learn how to develop and how to grow in that anointing. And for that story, who better to go to than Jesus? How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power? who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. He is the chief cornerstone. Therefore, he is the top of the anointing fountain. And it all flows from him, as it did in the Old Testament, through Aaron's beard. So everybody out there is anointed. And so I love what Josh said about ministry, because it connects to anointings, which have to be developed in order to grow. And that is that we often think that the person behind the platform with the microphone is the most anointed person in the place. Well, he or she may be in the area where they are anointed, but that camera person, that usher, that greeter, the people who fix the food for the fellowship afterwards. How about the cleaning staff? All walking in a developing and and a growing anointing, because everything in the kingdom is supposed to grow. So when Jesus is anointed at the highest level, and please let's lock that word anointing down for a minute, because it's kind of like honey in that it's, it's connected. It's a smearing. Honey is sticky. The anointing is shiny. And if you could imagine back in those days, sweat made you shine, but oil made you really shine. So everyone knew who the king was because the oil was poured and it was on that person and it was shining in the midst of the sun. I don't remember there being an anointing service in the Old Testament at night because the goal was for you to be seen. The reality of that, however, when you're talking about an eight-year-old king, I mean, there were some guys, I think Asa was young and uh, Amaziah was young. All these folks weren't developed, so they had to develop authority. They had to develop their character to flow in the authority. They had to develop the appetite for purpose over the appetite for power. Because when we eat of power without purpose, people get hurt all because they have not developed and grown. And so it is when it comes down to the anointing. In church, we think because we're anointed that it's over. I can speak in tongues, I lay hands on the sick and they recover, wonderful, this is great. There are levels of glory. To be attained, levels of faith to be attained. We're back to the letter M, growth and development. So, the more we grow and encourage growth in our congregations, in the body of Christ, when we encourage growth, we encourage it beyond the platform into the larger space where people work, live, and play. There are more congregants than there are pastors or apostles or prophets or evangelists or teachers. The fivefold ministry, we're here to equip those saints, as Joshua said, for the work of the ministry that they are responsible for. And when you consider the word ministry, the word ministry by definition, let's demystify it, is help. (laughs) So when we get ministered to, we're being helped. And so a minister is a helper with an anointing. That must be developed with authority that must be developed with the understanding that we have support from a structure, the kingdom. We've got to learn to develop as members of that kingdom. And if we do all of that, we'll have great momentum when we don't. Egypt, the letter men also means Egypt. It wants to entrap you. So let's go here for a minute because that same anointing that Jesus had, David was anointed and he wasn't even invited to the party. I mean, how can you be the the, the center of the whole deal and not even get an invitation? Because David ultimately had to go through some development. But at that point when the prophet came around, you know the story in case you don't. The real brief part of it is David was out doing his job because daddy, Jesse, told him, watch after the sheep. Well, you got to know that in the Old Testament, when a prophet came to town, and especially if he came announced, not only did you shake in your boots, but you prepared everybody for the prophet's arrival because he carried the word of the Lord. Well, Jesse knew that the prophet was coming because the prophet told him. But Jesse didn't prepare David. How are you not preparing one of your own children? He gets ready to anoint the tallest the most obvious to the eye, the most developed physically. And the oil would not pour. He said, well, he's not the one. He goes through every single one of Jesse's present sons. This ought to help some of you who have been overlooked for promotion at your church or overlooked for promotion at your job or you're overlooked because you haven't been chosen yet. Talking to the ladies and even some guys for that matter. The fact that you weren't invited to the party doesn't mean that the party's still going on. Party's still going on. And so finally, the prophet said, is there not another son? Because the Lord has not, key word here, chosen any of them to be authorized and developed to be the king, not one. So he said, "Uh, well, I got somebody I didn't even bring. You know, he's over there sweating it out with the sheep. He said, go get him. See, because what God is doing, we're about to hear. David comes after. I guess he cleans up a little bit. He gets rid of the poor, pour the oil. Does Samuel the prophet? And as soon as he gets ready, to the oil comes out. He's like this, the uninvited. This, the underdeveloped, is who the Lord has anointed. Then he said, God. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. I want to encourage you that no matter how many times you've been passed over, no matter how undeveloped you are because you have not been given the microphone, no matter how hard it has been to have an idea that you give to someone and they run with it and you're still stuck in the finances that you were in and they're now flourishing. If you're anointed by God, because God's looking at the heart, the oil will pour. Once the oil pours, then you have to develop. And that's the part that I want to pick up with because folks, we got to recognize that when it's time for us to grow, we can't stay where we were. We can't we can't look at last year's growth and tout that. We've got to keep growing. There's a glory to your story. There's another level to your dimension, and you've got to keep developing in order for that to be the case, because let's just follow the rest of this trick here with David, King David, the chosen one, all of a sudden is now hanging out with the army of the Lord or Israel's army and they're being shaken and they are afraid. And so the story basically goes that he gets there to deliver cheese. He's a courier, an Uber driver. And once he arrived with the order from his dad, he goes to Elihab or Elihu, I think. I forgot the end of his name, but this cat wasn't happy. I don't know if you've ever been around brothers, sisters, family, friends, co-workers, and just your appearance messes with him, just messes with him. Bottom line, he gets there and he's like, why don't you go back to those little few sheep you got? You just want to see what's happening and what's wrong with that? Because all you're doing is watching what's happening because you're surely not fighting. <laughs> it's not a victory to be seen. And you're dogging this guy out for obeying your daddy. Interesting. Authority development issues there. Nonetheless, he says, I keep hearing about this giant. And they're like, Yeah, giant's bad. He's a bad boy. Bad. Mama, shut your mouth. Talk about chaff. We can dig it. All that's going on, right? I hope you got that. If not, it's in a movie. Nonetheless, so you got this thing happening where David's showing up and everybody's running. So he runs too. And he's like, Well, what's the deal? He's just the giant, man. It's the giant. We got giants in the land just one all it takes is one giant to scare some people who are undeveloped and so he said well the giant is an uncircumcised philistine i'm hearing him rail against god in other words i'm developed and you're the one supposed to be fighting for us (laughs) all that glitters is not gold ladies and gentlemen all that glitters is not gold The word then began to circulate that the person who goes out and defeats the giant, oh, who's going to defeat the giant? We run from giants every day for however many days the scripture says. So finally, David then says, you know, if it's true that my taxes are going to change, I don't have to pay them, and I get the girl, and I get a nice place to stay, that's the girl, the glory, and the gold, who wouldn't want to fight a giant if you're going to Get all of that. Well, I'll tell you who wouldn't want to fight a giant. All of Israel, including its undeveloped Saul leader. So David then goes to Saul, and Saul does what Saul's do. They try to get you to walk in their development. He gave him his armor, and David walked around his helmet, his sword. He's like, I I can't, I can't fight with this. This is not how I have been Developed the letter Mim in a book I'm going to write called the Book of Psalms, chapter 119, to be exact, tells me that this isn't good. So we took it off. And then he began to explain his development. And this is what he said He said, You know, watching after my daddy's sheep, I understand the reason for the armor. When I was watching out for my daddy's sheep, there came a time that a bear came and took one of my sheep and I grabbed it. What? This cat's special. We got to know this. This cat is spe- I grabbed a bear. Who? No one that I know, all the shows I watch on Net, Nat Geo and, you know, the Discovery Channel, channel, people aren't grabbing bears by the beard. Well, of course, there were no sheep there. Of course, that would change the narrative. Oh, it wouldn't. You're not grabbing the beard of a bear. He said, I've and I clubbed it, and I clubbed it, and I clubbed it until he let it go. And then if he turned on me, I beat him down. David, was developed. so bad mama, shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft, we can take it. Nevertheless, he goes on and says, a lion came and took one of the dad's sheep. And I said, look, 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 what's up with this? You cannot take care of or, or bother my daddy's stuff like that. And so, What ends up happening? Well, you know what ends up happening. David said, I clubbed, I chased that lion, beat that lion, took the sheep back. And if I can do that with wild animals, I'm trying to let you know how developed I am. (laughs) So Saul's like, okay, son, may the Lord be with you. (laughs) This is incredible. May the Lord be with you. I know I'm the king, but I'm undeveloped. See, some of you i'll stay here for a minute work for undeveloped people and you talk about eh. <laughs> some of you are in an undeveloped marriage and you talk about your spouse eh. some of you are undeveloped in your faith and you blame and talk about god listen it is appointed under man wants to die and then after that the judgment But the death process, meaning the process of dying to yourself, it's got to kick in in order for development to work. Coming back to the story of David, once Saul makes his statement. And the reason why I'm putting this little pause here is because death to self is life towards God. I'll say that again. Death to self is life in God towards an end. And the reason why that is the case, because unless a man or a woman loses her life, Jesus said this, then she can't gain her life. In other words, the tension in the spirit realm carries with it a couple of fundamentals. Gain is achieved through loss. Okay. Gain in the realm of the spirit is achieved through loss. In the realm of the natural, gain is achieved through acquisition. But the kingdom of God, we got to develop in, is different in the way that it works. If you lose your life, then you get it. Okay. If you let go, it comes back. Okay. If you agree with God, he'll take your agreement to a level you didn't even know you were agreeing to. What's up in the kingdom is down in the planet. What's down in the kingdom is up in the culture. We've got to learn the differences in how the kingdom operates. And so let's stay here because that's a part of David's development. And it wasn't even happening. Don't get me wrong. I pastor a church. It didn't happen in the church. There were no lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, in the building because there was no building. There was no tabernacle at that time where David was permitted to go. His development, for what it's worth, was OJT, on-the-job training. It wasn't in a place where you would think an anointed vessel would be trained. But let's just put this all in perspective. It was God who put David in that family. And some theologians say that the reason why David wrote the verse, I am uncomely born in sin, And it's possible, according to some theologians, that this is exactly why the prophet did not bring an unclean son produced possibly out of wedlock to a prophet party and get called out and get embarrassed. And the wrath of God, perhaps, in his view, would come. So the the uninviting of David is an indication that something's different about him, unlike the other brothers. So to that degree, David was being developed where he wasn't wanted. He was being developed because he wasn't wanted. Remember Joseph went through the same thing with the brothers, David went through that and now you see it showing up when he's asking his brothers, hey, who, who, uh, what do you get if you beat the giant? Oh, get out of here with your little one, two, three sheep, sing the song self, get out of here. You're not, you, you, what, you just, you're messing with us. It's like, okay, what did I do? I just showed up, I'm just asking questions. See, you may be that person that's uh, unliked on your social media or blocked or uh, you're not the favorite. People don't respond to you, but they really respond to your highly acclaimed friend. You're good looking, ready for the anointing, but it's not saying they're not anointed, but I'm saying what God is trying to get done, perhaps you're like David, uninvited, not even called on. This is a big deal for Israel and that family, Jesse's family, and you don't even get an invitation. Some of us have gotten far worse or far less, but feel far worse because you didn't get invited to somebody's wedding. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Or you didn't get invited to the the pastor's aid society, or you didn't get invited to the dinner with the first lady, and you are just all distraught. What? What? Listen, not being invited should not define your character. That tells me if it is defining it, You need some development in your authority, perhaps even when it comes to your anointing and how the kingdom of God operates. And so when I think about the kingdom in that context, and I think about David, who was about to be the greatest king, he had to go through real development. Let me just put another pause there. I hadn't forgotten the story. When you deal with people you are usually about to encounter what I call, what we call at Kingdom Dominion, a love-led encounter. (laughs) But it's not looked at like a love-led encounter. We sometimes think love is just hugs and and kisses and, and adoration. But the love of God put Jesus on the cross. In fact, it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. If Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement, Isaiah talking, chapter 53, the chastisement, the punishment for us to be peaceful was put on him. And by that punishment or those stripes, we're healed. Then that tells you something about the kingdom that needs to be developed in us. We need to know how the kingdom of God really operates when you consider that the kingdom of God, here you go, is requiring something that's really not a lot, then we will really begin to welcome growth opportunities. When people don't invite you, you get to grow. Your attitude gets to grow. Your heart gets to grow. Your narrative gets to grow. Your course gets to grow. When people don't say yes, when you said yes, why did you say yes and they didn't say yes back? You get to grow. Growth and development is right there in the Bible. And when you are saved, my brother, my friend, my sister, you get to grow. Because in order to be like Christ, we have to grow in Christ. And what better way to grow than with people? People Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole said, are the problem. And then he said, they are the answer. They are the problem and the answer. How can this be? (laughs) Is this dip cos here? No, that's not the book of James coming through. What he's saying is sometimes people will really help you and that's a blessing. And sometimes they will bother you and it's not so much of a blessing and that's a problem. But you get to grow in either condition. You get to grow in either circumstance. Paul said that I've learned the secret that whatever way I find myself that I can do all things through the anointing that strengthens me I can by his grace dependence on him is a part of the growth package please know how this goes now I'm staying in the kingdom growth moment for a second here not having it all together in the world the way the world looks at it is uh, an indictment as it were you know, it's a mark against you. You're not together. You're not tight. You're not professional. You're not anointed. <laughs> but in the kingdom of God, there is order going on where it might not otherwise be seen. And so in the kingdom of God, when Jesus says, when men persecute me, persecute you, rejoice. What? See, upside down. But that's a kingdom directive. He says, when they cast all manner of accusation against you, be glad that you're with me. What? See, that's a kingdom mandate. It's a kingdom growth hint. He said, in fact, I want to say in John chapter 16, he said over there, he went into the synagogue and then he was talking to them. And he said, by the way, just know this. And he used the word, remember, four times in about eight verses. He says, they're going to kick you out of the synagogue. What? Yeah, they're going to kick you out of church. The ones walking with me, he said, they're going to kick you out of the synagogue. Because at that point, if you really connected, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, church people, they didn't receive Jesus. He went in flipping tables. (laughs) He went in healing on the Sabbath. He did stuff that didn't fit their religious order. And because he did, they didn't include him. They excluded him just like they did. So welcome to the non-included club for this level of the letter men, where the development in the world doesn't invite you to their party, but you're being developed in the kingdom. And if you're being developed in the kingdom, rejoice and be glad and stop calling your prayer partner so fast. <laughs> the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the prayer partner shall, no. The pastor, no. The trustees, no. Your mother, your father. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's a part of the kingdom development. We've got to learn to call on the king. Call on the father who made a kingdom. All things are working together for those of you who Love the Lord and who are called in accordance with his purpose. Purpose must be developed. Purpose is developed when you learn how things work. And how will you learn how they work if everything works? Got to have some things that don't work. I'm not finished with David yet and Saul. That will be held up for the end here. But the reality is, if you're trying to find out what God wants and you're talking to people who don't seek him either, it's gonna be very difficult for you to develop or grow in grace and in knowledge because you keep getting bailed out by people who bail themselves out. Since we're on the bailout right now, when Jesus comes back, there's a verse that says, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Remember that verse? Well, what does that mean? You know, is he coming back for a clean garment? The inference is that yes. But the definition of the word that's specific to he's not coming back for a church that's without spot or wrinkle, when you look that up, the definition, similar to the word purpose, which we'll go to next spots or wrinkles visibly are on garments or they're not on garments. But the garment that he's referencing is the garment of self-satisfaction through the undesired interest to get help from Jesus. I'll put it real plain. He's not coming back for people who rescue themselves. That's what the verse literally means. Okay, God's not coming back for people who are self-sufficient. That's the word I was looking for. See, the self-sufficient don't need God because they question, hath God said, when they don't get what they said in prayer. See, self-sufficiency is something that we tout in the world as a sign of having it all together, of being excellent at things, and there is some truth in that. But in heaven, it's not so. Why? Because to get to heaven, perfection is required. And if self-sufficiency is the perfection that is presented, it will be sadly lacking. And because it is sadly lacking, God's not coming back for people who think they don't need him. So powerful a thought. He's coming back for people who know that we need a savior. And we develop under the lordship of that Christ, who is our authority, because he's our king. And you can't really get to that point just by showing up for the song service or for praise and worship and getting your praise on, and the motive for going is to get my praise on. All oh, that's wonderful. It's all a bridge to get you there. Ultimately, you are gonna have to, my friend, learn from God directly. Of course, people can help you, but what they need to help you get is dependent on God. See, the self-sufficient are independent but those who are dependent are interdependent because God will roll on you a requirement that he won't do. God won't make you grow. Please understand this. He's not gonna make you grow. We're on a series at our church called, Let God Bless You. And that, that series has been in place since the beginning of the year because the thought came to me about three years ago, let God bless you. And I was like, okay, okay. I don't understand why I wouldn't let you bless me. And it took me a long time. Maybe I'm just beginning to understand it after three years when I think deeper because you know, truth has levels, revelation has levels. And maybe I'm at a level now where I recognize that some of what God wants to bless us with, we block. We block blessings through disobedience. We block blessings through unbelief. We block blessings through murmuring and complaining. We block blessings because we don't rest on a Sabbath. That is a New Testament directive, but we're too busy working, too busy being busy, trying to make up for lost time because of this that came up and that that came up. And so the whole series has been one thought after another. We started off with the power of blessing. Let God bless you because you are designed to be blessed. The, the blessing of Abraham might fall upon the Gentiles through faith right there in Galatians chapter three. But some people don't do that. They think they got to deserve the blessing. And as a result, they won't let God bless them because they're self-sufficient. And in their self-sufficiency, they miss out on the blessings of God because they're trying to earn it, work for it, and the list goes on. We went from there through to the Sabbath. We went to the right of the firstborn. Any of you who are firstborn, when you read the scripture, you have a specific blessing from the Lord that belongs to you. But if you don't let him bless you with through that, then the blessing will sometimes go to the second born. That's literally what happened when you go back in, in history. Uh, Jacob and Esau, you know, that's what happened, or Manasseh. Actually, it was Manasseh and Ephraim, who were the sons of Joseph. And they went to their daddy, Jacob, their grandfather. And Joseph was like, Dad, bless my sons before you die. And he did this number on them. And he's like, well, wait a minute. Why are you doing that? Manasseh's older. He's like, I know what I'm doing, son. I know what I'm doing. Because sometimes the blessing is going to flow in in, in an order of divine appointment. And if you're okay with receiving that, you'll have that. If not, then you won't get that. So when you put those pieces together, it's sort of like the blessings of the Lord are everywhere. We have 8,000 promises. We would never be able to outlive them. And yet at the same time when we're trying to get god to do something it's tough to recognize he wants to bless you because it's a part of the kingdom we have to develop to know that the kingdom blesses everybody in the kingdom and the only way to not get blessed is to allow a curse to work i really don't want to get into that so let him bless you because he wants to let him bless you because he's love let him bless you because you're his son or his daughter let him bless you because he set you up for blessings (laughs) he didn't set you up for a generational curse it keeps coming up so i'll just go there real quick i got to get back to david now when you're dealing with the blessing the power of the blessing it comes in part one first it comes because god set it up for you to be blessed but galatians tells us it comes through the spoken word peter chapter 3 tells us the same thing, that sometimes people go insult for insult or reviling for reviling. He said, don't do that, but rather bless, for you were called to inherit a blessing. It's your calling. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. I know, we always put that on preaching from a platform. But the calling of God is for everybody. He's calling everybody to an area of development and growth under the authority of the anointed King Jesus in the kingdom so that the world won't train you, that God ain't trying to bless you. So when Satan said that about Eve and and to Adam, the inference was God thinks you're gonna grow and develop and be just like him, if you will, providing God with competition. God can't have no competition, so he left some things out. He knows that the day that you eat of that tree, as he lied to you, you're going to see, you're going to know, and you're going to be just like God. (laughs) Jedi magic, it looks good for food. It looks good for eating. It looks like it'll make me wise. (laughs) (laughs) At no point in this had they developed And please understand, these weren't undeveloped people. When your name is Adam and you're naming every animal that's alive, you're pretty sharp just because you hung around the anointing. You hung around God, the then known kingdom was in Eden. You're hanging around him and you know what an insect is called? And you're naming things after their nature? After their design? My God, hanging around God is the bomb, show enough. But people sometimes think that they can get it without God. And the self sufficient will not be taken. The self sufficient don't need God. I got my own stuff. I got my own money, got my own anointing, got my own crew, got my music. Mm-hmm. Can't touch this. So you got all this stuff going on. And so at the end of the day, God is sort of second, third round draft choice. You need him if you need him. Otherwise, you're just doing you. I'm just doing me. What's up? Well, what's up is Egypt is developing those people. And some of those people are Christians. Don't get it wrong now. Some people are so self-sufficient that they don't need no change coming to this here church. (laughs) We don't need no people coming up in here who are queer. (laughs) Did I say that? I said that. We don't need no no. I'm not going to use the word. We don't need no people who don't look like us. Up in... Listen, see, this self-sufficiency, this, this no need of rescue is a group of people who are undeveloped and many believers fall in that category because we, we are comfortable with ourselves to the point where we don't ever suspect that we are the reason that we are right where we are. And then some have what I call the unmitigated goal to then turn around and blame God for putting them in a family that don't ever invite you to the party. How dare you put me in here with a bunch of brothers who don't like me? Why'd you bring me here? See, the reality of why people are frustrated with God but won't say it is because they stopped growing at the last revelation see they got a revelation of salvation and stopped growing and never grew in lordship he's the king that word "mem" meaning development and growth or growth and development you can reverse them is that there is a king who is anointed and he jesus in luke chapter two i think round verse 52 grew He grew in wisdom and favor and in stature. With God, there's your human, and with man, or there's your divine and your human, he grew. Jesus himself had to grow. If he had to grow, you got to grow. If not, that stubbornness has got to go. Yep, grow, grow, or go. That's how it works. And so when you deal with this piece, and this is the last illustration before we kind of move over and finish the story with David. When you think about growing, you honestly think about bee stings because growth is painful. You know, your legs are getting longer and you don't even know why you can't sleep at night. Well, those are growing pains. You're in the spirit, you're growing and lights don't turn green like they used to. Parking spaces don't show up like they used to. The manner has ceased. And now you got to walk from 100 yards with your healthy legs, Complaining every step of the way because it's hot outside or it's raining outside. We're missing the big point. You're still going to the mall to spend money and be a blessing to whomever, including yourself. But we're thinking about the process of getting there. What we should be thinking about is the process of growth. And the process of growth is a collaborative thing in the kingdom of God. This is the reason why Jesus said, to what shall I liken the kingdom? it's like and then he would give this illustration about a pearl in a field and leaven and then he'd give other examples he's trying to get people to see that you got to think and grow napoleon hill wrote the song or wrote the book think and grow rich But see some christians want to be rich without thinking about it and then they want to blame the people who I'm just saying, I'm just talking to the religious crowd now. If that's not you. You can just say amen and keep it moving. But I'm telling you, there are a lot more people who want what the world has, but won't grow to get it in a kingdom that supplies all of it. Is, is this helping you some? I mean, really, if we were in the chat, I'd be asking for the chat, but you're okay. So you gotta be okay with growing. Because if you're not, you're okay with being the same. And glory to glory is a part of your story. Faith to faith is a part of the race. Everybody has got to get locked in on that. This is the reason why the world is so jacked up because we're not growing. They're growing in technology, but they're not growing in character because of these open marriages and all types of design apathy actions, words that say, well, that ain't that, and this ain't that, but wait a minute, it is now. They're teaching us, and again, development will come from Egypt if it doesn't come from the kingdom, if it doesn't come from the king, and if it doesn't come from the anointing. And we've got to keep growing so that in this world where all that's in it is the lust, lust, and pride, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, we've got to be able to grow in God to help people who want their sufficiency to be matched with their own desires, and that's it. If I get mine, I'm good, I got mine. I'm sitting back, I ain't thinking about what they do over there, I couldn't care less. Well, that's wrong. That's wrong, we're supposed to be concerned about or care about our neighbor. But the cane in us will sometimes say, am I my brother's keeper? In fact, I don't consider that guy a brother or that person a brother because of what they're doing. Fine, 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 but God wants them. And can he possibly even begin to use you? Well that depends on whether or not you allow development to occur so here's a here's another good example for you as we wrap this up. everybody knows Romans eight twenty eight you know we know that all things are working together for the good for those who love God, the Lord who are called in accordance with his purpose. look the word purpose up and it doesn't mean what we as- ascribe to it in terms of definitions you know purpose for us is when the Intentions to do are are strong enough to not be resisted by the intentions not to do. We consider purpose where people observing righteous practices, P-U-R-P-O, opposing selfish enticements. Some people consider purpose the passion, the thing that you would do for free. However you describe it, that is not how it is described in Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 uses the word purpose, but the definition of it when you look it up is bread. Wonder bread. It's bread. So we know that all things work together for the good, for them that love the Lord, for those who are called in accordance to bread. Okay? It's literally bread. Showbread is also called shoebread by spelling. What What are you talking about? See, that's why I don't go to no church. (laughs) Just hang in there, get developed, get in line. You're getting developed one way or the other. So the word showbread is what the priest ate. Okay, so how am I being developed by what somebody ate? How am I being developed by food? How is all things working together for my good Because I'm called in accordance with bread. Well, then that takes us over into taking a look at how bread is produced. It doesn't grow in the wild. Just like honey, the letter men is in both. Well, what this tells me is bread is made. So no wonder Jesus said, if the son shall make you free you're free for real. If he shall. Now, they went on to say, the people in that context, what do you mean made free? We have the culture. We have our lineage. We have a degree. We have our education. We have our experience. We have Abraham as our fathers. How is it that you're telling us if you be made? (laughs) These cats were crazy, man. It's crazy how patient Jesus is. He's so patient. How is it that you might be that you're called saying that you might be made free. He said, if you're gonna be free indeed, for real, for real though, if you're gonna really be free, I am the only one, because I'm at the top of the anointing food chain. It all flows down for me. And if I smear on you the loan of liberty, because in heaven, you don't need an anointing, because there is no foe to fight. If I set you free, you're free for real. So freedom in part, well, in whole, is accomplished by what Jesus did on the cross. So since he set us free, what are we supposed to be doing while we are still here? Collaborating, developing, harvesting wheat, working with our hands, with our mind, to make something from something that came to us in the raw. By the time we finish working with it with God's watchful eye, we will make something hot and fresh that remains relevant on the table. And I point to this side because that's the table where all the 12 loaves were put inside of the holy place. And over on this side is where the watchful eye of the light of God, the menorah, burned continuously watching the work Take place under his watchful eye. In front of him or the priest was the box, the incense altar. So we're praying while we're working, while God's watching. That's an anointed church. That's an anointing that we have to develop. That's what the king said. And no wonder David said, in the end, take off the things that I've not been developed by. I need stones. I need reliability. I need God's word. I need the symbol of what I've used when I was being developed when no one was watching. And Saul said, may the Lord bless you. David said, I'm going. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would bring a charge against Lot? He started winding up what he was being developed by. He's winding up the development, baby, because it's time to let one thing fly not every one thing fly. And when he let it fly, it hit him right in Egypt's head. Sorry, Goliath. Egypt, Goliath. Egypt, which is it? It's both. When he hit it in the head, all of a sudden, that giant fell. And David got the sword and finished the job. He didn't even need a sword. He used what the world gave him to say, we now have it. They fled. The others fled. And before you knew it, David was being sung about by all the pretty ladies and Saul, undeveloped, began to get mad, angry, and crazy. So I want to encourage you, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how difficult things may be, let the development of God work until it is complete. And when that is done, you will find your place in the kingdom under the anointing of God and you will have authority so that you can outsmart Egypt and the devil. God bless you. We'll see you the next time. Dr. Tibbs, everybody. Wow. wow.
1: That was so good. That was so, it was like you were talking straight to us the whole time, I felt. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah.
1: Was just, I have
2: four pages of notes.
1: Uh-huh. I all felt God. every single word.
2: All God, I promise you, all of that was God. I
1: every believe it.
2: it. Yeah, every bit of it was him, so. He gets glory. I give him praise, and thank you very much. Amen. I was kind of wondering where the stopping point would be, so at about an hour, I remembered the note that was sent, an hour, so it's like, stop there. So there you go. <laughs>
1: it would be cool to have you come back and do it again, though, and so we can hear more.
2: Praise yeah. God. Be delighted. Absolutely love- be delighted to do so. Dr. Tibbs, why don't you
0: tell everybody, because you have a new book that's out, correct?
2: I do. I do. It's a book called Run laps Get Strong, Do Discipleship Differently. And the book is designed for, I'll just call it, the pew sitter, bench sitter, as well as for those who are highly engaged in God, to learn how to bring spiritual content to life by asking four critical questions about that sermon, not to the pastor, but asking themselves, how do I process what I just heard so that that word can become alive? So that's what the book is principally about. That's so
1: good. That's that. That's what Joshua and I have been recently discovering and talking about a lot lately, especially with our girls, is about how God is inside of us. And, and you telling people to take what they've heard and then going and bringing it inside of you to discover the truth, it goes right along with it.
2: Yeah, I think there are so many of us, and, and Josh said this at the beginning, where we think it's only the people with the microphone who are anointed. And that leaves them, or the larger number of people, without a job. And that's, that's terrible. It's, it's great for the darkness because he has less to fight. But to your point, Jess, when your, your daughters recognize that God is capable of being active in any moment in life, and that he actually wants partnership in every moment in life, that then we receive righteousness as normal. And when God's normal to us, then the Jesus ministry, 85, 95% of his work done outside of the church will be done more because we're living epistles and we're carrying God with us in the journey versus waiting for Sunday morning to start.
0: I, I love that it's so powerful. And for me, you know, after I give my life to the Lord, um, it's been six years now, but it took me about two years to accept that God loved me mm-hmm. exactly the way I was. And and I had a hard time believing that after even committing to serve the Lord full time, I still didn't think that God really loved me that much. Okay. And because I was still struggling with, you know, mental health issues and, and you you looked enough into my in my story to understand that there's a lot there for God to to heal and work through and it still is doing it. But it it took me understanding that not only does does God love me exactly the way I am, it also helped me make more loving decisions for myself because I've recognized that not only is God everywhere and and in everything, he's also inside of me. So when I'm treating myself poorly, I'm making bad decisions by putting methane amphetamines and sleeping with anything that walks and all those things like that is not loving myself and it sure as heck isn't loving God. And if God is inside of me, well that makes a lot of sense that well my body is a temple. So I need to honor my body. And so that's making another loving decision for myself. And once I got there and understood that it changed my walk. Now, am I everywhere that I want to be and do I always remember that God is inside of me? Oh, absolutely not. because of what comes out of my mouth sometimes. That said, that understanding, I believe, will help people understand just who God is for us Mm -hmm. and why Jesus matters so much. So
2: incredible. It's so incredible. This is the reason why UL's ministry is is so explosive. I love everything about it. It is updated. It is for the times that we live in. Uh, What you've come through, you have come to. You've come to a place from a place. And because of that, you are more real, individually and as a couple, than the most celebrated of, of us, who have a different view, a different background. That's the reason why this is the hour for what he has brought to bear inside of you because there's a culture out there. I mean, when I when I was working on my doctorate, found out that there's a 40% group of people in the Z uh, group, Generation Z, who are atheists. Atheists. So they're not coming to a church. But they'll listen to some cool talk that gets their attention. They'll listen to a real person who has gone through what they're still going through. Yeah. See, with your training, like David, I mean, I was talking to you now that I realized this. You're kidding me? You guys, you guys are on the edge. And I love it. I love it because if if I didn't read and if I didn't know what you you all have come through or what you in particular have come through, the first time you showed up on the screen, the thought that came to me with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The thought was, you've been through the fire, but you don't smell like smoke. That's the thought that came to my mind right off the bat. And it's still there. It's present. Your very presence will bring people to their knees because they see where they can be, and they see where they are. That's what's happening with y'all. I am so excited for y'all. This is a privilege to be here with cutting-edge people who just... Want to let God do it, and then have the unmitigated gall in a church type of environment to say love on the homosexual? What you got that kind of boldness to do that? No. See the the, the church that's ineffective is still stoning the woman caught in adultery, and that's the church that those millennials and those Z's will not darken the door of. They ain't going in. God raised you up for that.
0: Thank you for getting it.
1: <laughs> we're really raw.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, we it. are. And we've, this has all been by faith. It, it's sometimes it doesn't even make sense to us, and we're the ones getting to do it. Yeah. But thank you for getting it. I, I I think why I'm so this right now is that. Um, I, I've been rejected by the church like all I've wanted to do is serve and help and God has blessed I mean both of us with Some really awesome gifts and all we want to do is use it to help people and The very place that should welcome us doesn't and uh, As 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 a, as a not every church that can't say that but everyone we've approached is We've been rejected and uh and dadgummit, I know I know I'm not the only man of God that struggles with real stuff because I, I know because in the shadow world I used to see some of those people that are on stage now. Jesus. And I know these things, and they're the same people that won't let me speak at their church, because I know there's people like especially men, men that were abused and hurt. Yeah. And 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 so they're confused about wh- who they are and what they are. They don't know if they're gay. They don't know if they're bisexual. They don't know any of these things. Yeah. And they're struggling and they suffer in silence. But by suffering in silence, what they do is they take it out on the people that love them the most. Yeah. And they do more damage in that cycle of addiction and abuse and narcissism and and and, mm-hmm. and broken homes. Yeah. It continues on because right. the right people don't have a voice. Exactly.
1: Uh, I think it yeah. it definitely makes it harder, almost impossible for people to heal yeah. when they have to shove it in. So yes. it's important for for us to all talk about it.
2: Yeah. You know, you guys are, again, the, the, there's so much that comes to my mind about you. And, and it comes because you're so special to the Lord. I know everybody's special. Uh, I know that, but if, if you embrace this uniqueness that you have, you, you'll never you'll never be you'll never feel slighted by those who pretend to be where they are, but they're really not. Because frankly, they're not your, your tribe. When you were talking, I was also hearing, from here on out, Paul said, I'm going to the Gentiles. Now that's you trying to get into the church and they're like, no, you kill people. (laughs) No, we can't have you here. So he's trying to give them the same message that they've been introduced to by by the apostles that they ran out of the church. And so he was assigned to the Gentiles the whole time anyway. That's why he says this mystery was given to me before the world was, because his assignment was them, but he he had to, I don't know. As humans, we just go through it sometimes. We we want to be loved and liked, and that's normal, with by others and such. But at the end of the day, your assignment is calling louder than they are, and when they reject you long enough, as they did with the Apostle Paul, Jesus went through it too. I mean, I've gone through it, as well. I mean, I got stories too, but it's it's when you know where you belong, you belong, y'all belong in those places where the hurting aren't permitted to walk through the door without being judged. That's your crew. That's your truth. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you this too. This, let me, I wanna say this one thing, hopefully to encourage your heart. This is what Paul said when he was going through and he was being rejected. He says, I went among them And they added nothing to me. (laughs) Okay, now, Paul was kind of over the top in that because later on he came back and said, I'm the off-scouring. In other words, I'm the bottom of the pan. I'm the leftover stuff. Because he moved away from, for lack of a better term, the approval of others. We already had the approval of God. Joshua, Jessica, y'all have God's approval. He's just waiting on a yes Yes. to run full out and watch if numbers is the point. I get it. It isn't and it is. It isn't and it is. But I am telling you, you're not going to, y'all are not going to lack for an audience to listen because they're going to hear their pain when they hear from you. They're going to hear it. So I'm just saying your story is valuable. Please don't lose it. And please don't compromise it and make it fit the audience who can't take truth, but they walk out and deal with raw stuff behind closed doors. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Amen.
1: Thank you, Dr. Tibbs. Uh, please tell everybody where they can buy your book and and
2: and your videos, your ministry. Please just let everybody know uh, where they can find you. We can be found at. KD Church Global, when it comes to YouTube. We have a, a YouTube channel there that's called KD Church Global. If they want to go to our website, it's kdchurch.org. And if they want to find us or follow us on Facebook, it's kingdom.dominion.church. If they'd like to buy the book, they can go to amazon.com and just type in Run laps, Get Strong, or my name. It'll pop up. And if they want coaching, because I do a full-time coaching practice mainly for couples, millennials, Zs, um, baby boomers, and Xers to help them rebuild, restore, and reconnect broken relationships. I talk to them almost every day. And because they don't have a a background spiritually with God, I get to bring God in without even telling them where it came from. (laughs) 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 i like
1: the sneak attack that's awesome yeah it's way more
2: fun we gotta do it because they're not walking through the door so we coach people we're beginning to open up a bigger group practice because there's almost every day of the week except for sunday and i'm beginning to take the sabbath off i'm taking that stuff seriously in that in uh, hebrews and i just turned down a client yesterday because they wanted to start at six o'clock on friday well it meant the loss of money, but guess what? I'd rather be right with God than making money under the pretense that I—they just needed, really, they just needed the help. Wrong. If they can't fit it in in the time that has been allocated for it, and I'm just not going to do it. So, those are the places where we can we can be seen and uh, hopefully connected with to, to be a blessing to the fully functioning members we call them of the body of Christ.
0: So you start it, it's Friday at 6 p.m. and then it goes to 6 p.m. Saturday, correct? Yes. That's okay. Yeah, that's, we just started honoring the Sabbath, but we were starting in the morning. But what you're saying actually reminds me of that's the proper Sabbath. So six
2: o'clock Friday. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dr. Tibbs,
0: thank you. God bless you. you. And uh, I I look forward to talking to you again.
2: Thank you so much. Love you guys already. And I'm so excited for what God's doing. And I really appreciate the invitation for uh, being on your program. Gratitude unfiltered. My god. I love
0: that. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thank you again.
2: Thank you. God bless Bye. you. Bye-bye.
0: Oh, my mouse is not a, my, my my I guess my computer wants you to stay. <laughs>
1: okay. The everyone... mouse uh-huh.
0: I think everybody doesn't want you to leave. Okay, now you got to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so great. I, uh, yeah, you know, okay. I try to keep my composure sometimes, but I lost it clearly.
1: Uh-huh. I, I kept mine together because I think the camera's far enough away where you can't really see my facial expressions that much. Please, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm going with that.
0: Well, uh, and if you didn't, like, again, you can look up Dr. Tibbs on Amazon and find his book, check out his ministry. Um, and of course you will all be able to see on LipmonoWorldwide.org the full transcript. I mean, I have four pages of notes uh so you guys can go check out the transcript highlight them save it because it's just it was wisdom after wisdom after that wisdom after wisdom so good. um in fact i haven't heard a message like that. that moved me like that in so long i can't well i think if i told him uh, dr tibbs before we show uh, before we started about the influence that td jakes had and, and allowing really help make all of this come true but I haven't heard a message that that impacted me since that message from TD Jakes. Like I feel like today is a day of rebirth, um, and encouragement, and I'm like feel full yeah. uh, because the anointing that came through that message. I, I swear to you, it was like he was just talking to us.
1: Well, and also all that we've been we've been raw going through so much healing lately that. Uh, I feel like he was a blessing from God. It, it, For our relationship. I feel like it really showed us that we've reached a new level in development and we're ready to uh, hear more and do more yeah. in God's kingdom. And I, I feel like he was the perfect guest to um, help shine a light on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's and it's right. Like God is, it started with you, and then I took your lead, of, and I, you know, I, I like to think that I've, cause I've done so much work over the last six years that I'm healed and I'm not, I'm, I'm still a maniac, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, I'm working on it and I've asked God again, following her lead to one, show me who I really am and expose everything that needs to be healed because I know that to receive all that God has for us, we have to heal all the wounds of our past and boy has God brought all of our wounds to a head. Um, yeah. All it,
1: mine at the same time. It feels like,
0: so, you know, it's, it's been wow. like two wounded tigers or lions. Yeah. Two wounded, two wounded lions, uh, fighting for whatever they're fighting for. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's been, we've been going through it. The enemy has been after us is attacking us by the grace of God and the timing, uh, not really even before this message, but uh, God has really helped helped us see clearly. And now this message, I believe, is exactly what we needed to hear. So I pray, unselfishly, that you needed to hear it too. So God bless Dr. Tibbs. God bless all of you all. And and listen, I I do feel led to do this. Um, I'm not a raise your hand salvation guy. I think it's as fake as some of well, I won't go there right now. It's fake to me. I I just, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it because it's not personal. Someone else is telling you what to do. But if you truly want Jesus, if you want God, everything God has for you, you're tired of the hurt, the pain, the struggle. You're tired of just being freaking tired. Like that's okay too. Or you know there's something missing. Yeah. I tell I swear to you, if you just say, God, my life is no longer my own. I want what you have for me. I want what you created me for. I surrender my life to you. Take my life, it's yours. Your own words. I'm not telling you you need to copy of that, but it, it's that simple to me. So I, God, I don't want this, this. I want you. Take my life, it's yours. Jesus, Jesus, take my life, it's yours, from your heart. That's all you have to say. It's not anything funky or anything weird, it's that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and and, and now is as simple and as easy of a time as ever. So I I encourage you and I promise you, the life God has for you is better than anything you could ever try to do on your own. It's so extraordinary. I wish I knew this years ago, if 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 somebody would have told me my life would be more wild, more fun, more spontaneous, more crazy with Jesus, I would have signed up for that a long time ago mm-hmm. instead of going to my dealer looking for crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's the God's honest truth. Yeah. That is the God's honest truth. So anyway, do you have any last words, babe?
1: I mean I could go on and on Easy. about all of the all, all of the wisdom and all of the things and that it, it really it's just just start start asking questions. Don't be scared to question. Just start asking questions and he will reveal the things and they will just make sense.
0: That's true. And look, God's a big boy. I gave my life to Christ cursing at God. I mean, it started off as cursing. I didn't curse him after I gave my life to him. <laughs> I actually apologized for it. Um, but you're, you're right. It's right. God is God's a big boy. He can handle your questions. It's okay if you question.
1: I think he wants you to.
0: Because there's nothing that will help you be more certain and more sure is when God reveals himself to you and gives you those answers that you so desperately seek. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Uh-huh. We will see you next time. Um, This mouse, there we go.